Listen, let me ask you something. When you're with a guy and he tells you he has to get up early, what does that mean? It means he's lying. Wow. Why? Is that what he told you? Yeah, last night. Oh, come on. Men have to get up early sometime. No, never. I'm sure I've seen men on the street early in the morning. Well, sometimes we do actually have to get up early, but a man will always trade sleep for sex. Is it possible I'm not as attractive as I think I am? Anything's possible. March 1st, 2020. Hello. Hi. We only have a, a wee twip for you this week. A wee no. little snack of a twip. A wee little twip. It's very small. Very small. It is not very big. It is a small little twip. We will leave you wanting more. I don't think that is true. So you could go back and listen to other twips if this doesn't, you know, satisfy that twip-shaped hole. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine someone just going back and listening to more of this by choice? I don't, I mean... I can't. Anything's possible. Ah, nice ah, callback. That's right. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's see what we got. Okay. Uh, Kingery will have a hiatus between season 10 and 11. This is probably not news. This is a normal thing we do. Uh, we're not sure how long exactly it'll be yet. Probably five or six months. But we've got five brand new little mini episodes that we're going to air during that hiatus. To tide you over. Right, and there'll be like nice little character things that sort of set up stuff that's coming in season eleven, and and just you know fun little little things. We had a good time right now. Little so. little kingery snacks. It, oh, okay. Like this is a twip snack. This is the snacky twip. It is. Okay. So anyway, um, yes, those will be coming, and so you'll still have some new kingery content during the hiatus while we're working on season eleven. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. Right? Okay. Uh. The Genesis Avalon follow-up show, Patriot, is still on track. I was talking with Cat Pride about it uh, last week, I think, maybe the week before. Sometime between last twip and this twip. Mm. In that time frame. That general area. And, um, yep, she's still working on it. The scripts are being written, although... The way we have such a lead time on our shows, you know, we try to get several episodes completed before mm -hmm. we start releasing them. The scripts have to be finished and then they have to go out to cast and then the lines have to come in and it has to be put together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That takes kind of time. Kind of time. Kind of time. It takes kind of time. <laughs> so right now it's looking like it should premiere probably at the, toward the, like the end of 2020. Yeah. Because Kat and Kristen Bays, who are writing it together... They're going to write the whole season first. Right. So they're working on that now. And then uh, once all the scripts are done, they'll go right into production. So it's Because looking... we love to do stuff ahead of right. time. Yeah. So we can release things on schedule. It's very nice that we way. We like it. So in any case, the plan is still looking like it'll be out this year, 2020, but probably towards the end. So look for that, you know, late fall, early winter, somewhere in there. And we shall provide you with updates along the way. Of course. As per usual. As once the scripts come in and I've seen them and I start editing them, you know, okay, I'm going to talk about detail. it. Okay, that's too much detail. Okay. You can stop now. Oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> mean. A little mean to me. What? A little mean. No. A little mean. No. Yes. Okay. The last bit to mention is that Mage and Machine is still on its mid-season hiatus, 
But this month, it has a little special mini episode coming out to hold you over. That'll be out in a few weeks, and then it will be back with four consecutive episodes to finish season one, and that will those come back in, in May. A little snack for this one, too. A little snack. My snack, goodness. Snack, snack, This is your snacky episode. You know what else is a snack? What? Me. Oh, well. Come on. A little snack? That's you? I could be a little snack. I don't know. You're pretty tall. I'm not going to say that I'm a... No. A tall snack? Um. <laughs> I think we should stop here. <laughs> From Los Angeles, California, we have Blinky on the line. Hey, Blinky. Yay! How are you? Uh, other than fighting a sinus infection for two months, I'm fine. Oh, you gotta get rid of that. Those are no fun. Yeah, yeah I, I'm trying to evict it, but you know, evictions take so long in, in, these, uh, in this day and age. Mm. I, I say just go at it with uh, full prejudice. Yeah, I'm about to take a pressure washer to my nostrils. <laughs> That could have mixed results. <laughs> it's a great image to open the interview on, isn't it? <laughs> and here we have Blinky with a pressure washer wand up her nose. <laughs> Alrighty. It's been a long time since we've gotten to talk. It has been a long, long time, but I'm really glad you're back. Yay, I'm glad I'm back too. Yay. So we have questions. I may have answers. Hopefully you do otherwise. This is short and one sided. <laughs> so let, let's start with okay you've been with pendant for like you know ever since the roughly the late jurassic yes yes um well first what had you kind of take a bit of a hiatus oh just things um i uh i had a bit of a creative slump um partly because i was dealing with uh some mental health issues and partly because i was uh busy forming and disgorging a uh, small, tiny human ah. uh, using half my DNA. And uh, that that kind of eats a lot of your uh, your headspace. Yes, I've done that twice. So. I know how, how that could get into headspace and chomp it up. Yeah, I kind of had to like get out, get my uh, my brain sorted out and my life sorted out everything. So before my creative juices could really flow again. And then, then I got like, you know, the germ of the idea for the show. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should, maybe I should write this. And then it just sort of, you know, caught on fire and mm -hmm. burned to the ground from there. Yay. <laughs> so what got you into audio drama to begin with? So I grew up uh, listening to the old time radio dramas. In the Los Angeles area, there was a news station that did an hour of audio drama programming every night. Mm -hmm. It was KNX, and they did the KNX drama hour from 9 to 10. And so my brother and I would listen to these radio shows um, every night. You know, Challenge of the Yukon, X-1, Gangbusters, all of these. And then, um, so, you know, flash forward to bazillion years and i was chatting with jeffrey and he was explaining to me that hey we're doing like these old time radio shows but like in mp3 format you know with you know people who they email in their lines and they you know and i'm like wow that's pretty cool you know <laughs> it's just seeing like the resurgence of this idea of the audio play mm -hmm. which you know had been kind of dormant in the united states for a long time so right. that really drew me in just because you know like my background in listening to the old stuff 
really got me itching for the new stuff. Well, it sounds like it had a real impact on you because you sound really, you know, excited and passionate about it. <laughs> or it might be the coffee talking. <laughs> you are, are you the official pendant coffee connoisseur? <laughs> I, I don't know how much competition I have, but I am, I... <laughs> I am obsessed with both coffee and tea, so I am the uh, the caffeinated beverage specialist, I guess. Awesome. We've heard you in lots of our shows over the years. What kinds of stories are you drawn to um, as a voice actress? And what kind of roles do you really enjoy playing? Well, I've kind of got the voice of a 12-year-old boy, so my range is a little <laughs> limited. <laughs> Uh, my, my biggest strengths as a voice actress are being able to, uh, say big words without any hesitation, um, and being able to recite Shakespeare well, but it's just, you know, sometimes I'll just have, I'll, I'll see a casting call and be like, eh, I might as well try for it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what makes one role more compelling than another. And, you know, I, I try out for a lot of roles. I don't get that many, but that's fine. I mean, that's like the whole point of auditioning, right? It's not right. like a sure thing, but that's okay. Cause it doesn't cost me anything to apply. So <laughs> I just go for stuff that I think my voice might kind of work for and a few things that like I don't think my voice would work for but hey I'll let somebody else make that decision. Okay. Good guy, bad guy kind of roles you have a preference? I honestly love bad guy roles but I it's very difficult for me to have the voice for it. I think you do hear my voice in a very early kingery uh doing kind of a very very deep uh practically swallowing the mic sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, not a lot of roles like that come up, so I, uh, I don't get to play the 12-year-old uh, boy bad guy very often. <laughs> so, let's see, we've got you writing, yep. we've got you acting, we've got you directing, what about music? Do we have any directing? Um, I, 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 I haven't, no, no, I don't, I haven't really directed. Oh, my bad. I... Directing takes a lot of time and a lot of skill. I have mad respect for Pendant's directors, I gotta say. That oh, yeah, I definitely. I cannot take that kind of time sink right now. <laughs> I do, I have done a tiny bit of music. Yeah. Um, there are a few bits of, of we, in Major Machine, we use a lot of Vince Conaway's uh, hammered dulcimer music. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, the director, Sammy, she wants a, a track to have like sort of a beat over it or some kind of ambiance. And so uh, she asks me to do it, and I generally can hook her up. I, I pull it on my iPad. I spend some time in GarageBand. And the uh, the Major Machine theme, uh, for example, is the first time I tried that. I just I, – I, 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 there was a particular piece that I thought would work great as an intro. And mm -hmm. then I thought, well, let – there it feels very magey. I need to put the machine in. So mm -hmm. I added the beat and, and some, some extra backing to it. And uh, blammo. Very cool. So what do you enjoy doing more? Do you enjoy the writing aspect or the acting aspect? I am definitely more of a writer than an actor. Mm -hmm. I, especially since I writing is something I can take with me anywhere. You know, I can, I do a lot sure. of my writing at the local boba shop. I just take my little, you know, eight year old MacBook air over there and uh, fire it up. And that may or may not be why there's a few references to boba in the major machine. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Which I thought was interesting for that world. Uh, yeah, I figured, you know, there's, it's interesting when you have a world that, a setting that is not 
exactly our current day setting, but people pick and choose what still exists in there, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, they still have burgers or, oh, they still have sandwiches. I'm like, well, why wouldn't they have boba? You know, it's balls of tapioca and tea. Right. So, you know, I, I try to keep the food in, in the uh, machine to be a little bit strange. Um, you know, and just, yeah, sewer fish <laughs> and whirligig crepes. I try to, I try to keep it like, just on the edge of recognizable, but mm -hmm. boba is a thing that a lot of people in the United States think is already think is kind of weird. So I figured that worked, especially since I never called it out by name. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, oh, it's tea, but you can chew it. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get like deep into major machine itself, what was the pitching process and the launching process like for a new show? Oh, okay. So first I got the idea mm -hmm. and I thought, could I actually write this? Could I actually do like a serial show of this? Mm -hmm. So then I, I, I bounced the ideas off Jeffrey mm -hmm. and he's like, Oh, you know, there might be something in it. So then I sat down and I wrote uh, the first draft of the first episode, just as a test. I'm like, mm -hmm. I need to put these two characters in a room together, see how they come out, see if they work well together. And if they don't, I can just shuffle them back into my uh, didn't work out pile. So I wrote, I wrote the first episode, which kind of had a different shape. Mm -hmm when I first wrote it, because, you know, first drafts are always like, right, they almost never, you know, are recognizable by the end of the editing process. Sure. I wrote that and I sent it to him. He's like, hey, this is really good. You know, this, I think you've got something here. I think we need some tweaks. And why don't you come up with a, with a outline for your first season? And then I'm like, oh, crap, plotting is not my strong point. I need to come up with my first season. So <laughs> I did that. And I started putting the, the episodes together and bouncing them off of Jeffrey. And he was a huge help mm -hmm. in, in helping to like refine the plot and, you know, tweak the dialogue, all the little things that it needed to really shine. And then once I had a full season, I sent it along and then I waited on the edge of my seat for him to read every episode and get back to me. <laughs> and we got a show. Yeah. And then, and then I got to do all the casting and that was that was really difficult, but fun. Cool. Okay, so you this show differently than we've done other shows in the past. Um, so aside of just the timing of it, is there a big difference of having a whole season ready before the first episode drops compared to stuff you've done on past shows where working on it as it's dropping, you're, you've got you know a couple months lag or lead time, but things are moving in tandem. Right. I'll be honest with you. I greatly prefer getting the whole season together first. Um, partly because, you know, having a deadline every month is a little rough and uh, hard for me to reach sometimes. But also because when you do the whole season in advance, you can look at the whole thing in one piece and go, oh, I need to tweak this. I need to move this scene earlier. I need to make these two scenes work together. Hey, I can work in a reference to this one in an earlier show. Whereas like if you're doing one a month, I mean, like, there's a good chance that, that that earlier episode has already gone out to cast. And then it's like, well, I can't, I can't go back and change it. I can't go back and tie these things together. So it right. allows me to really polish the season as a whole before mm -hmm. it starts going out. Okay, that definitely makes sense. So what was the inspiration from Agent Machine? What was that? Hey, can I write about this? <laughs> so I, I mentioned this in the commentaries. I, I love writing stories where two people from very different worlds end up having to work together and sort of building a friendship. And so mm -hmm. I just sort of chewed on that until I came with this, came up with this idea of like having, you know, this, this young teenage sorceress and this sort of like this, this 
older, sort of more worldwide uh, cyborg with this criminal past, you know, and then mm-hmm. finding an excuse for them to sort of end up working together and teaming up and then just seeing where I could go with that. And then that's sort of like building the world around them as I st- as I worked on that first season, like getting a feel for what everything was. Okay. So we've got four episodes that have aired already. Um, so that would bring us up through the episode Having a Day. Yep. Having a Day, which is a Lin-Manuel Miranda quote, I think. Is there something up through those four episodes? Is there a scene that you're really proud of or happiest about from a writing perspective? This way you don't have to play favorites with the actors or characters. <laughs> so from your, the stuff that you did. Hmm. It is hard for me to say because honestly, my favoritest uh, scenes in mm. the whole first season are in episodes six and seven. Okay. So it's hard for me to think like, oh, well, if I'm limited to the first four episodes, but you know. Yeah, because spoilers. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to pick. I mean, I, I kind of have mentioned in commentaries that I do have a favorite character. Okay. But uh, so playing favorites is not really a concern of mine, apparently. <laughs> because... Uh, I may I may have referred to Plinio as my quote unquote perfect cinnamon roll. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he, he's the voice of reason, and nobody right. listens to him. Yeah, and that happens to the voice of reason. Yep. Otherwise, the show would be boring if everyone did. If everyone acted logically and right. you know thought about the consequences, then it's really hard to make tension out of that because people are like, "Oh, wait, stop! Let's talk this out." No, let's not oh, talk this out. Oh, you're right. Okay, the show's over. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to accomplish with Major Machine that you haven't been able to do with other shows? Uh, what do I want to accomplish? We asked the hard-hitting questions here. You do hit the hard, ask the hard-hitting questions. I, I don't know that I really think about things that I want to accomplish so much as just beats I want to hit in the story. And because mm-hmm. this, this show is its own unique story in its own unique world, there's not really any like anything I can really compare it to other shows with. It's just that... I have I, I have visions for my characters and I want to, mm-hmm. things I want to put them through and they'll you know. <laughs> are are you going to be as brutal to your characters as Cat is to hers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I I I just don't quite I I don't tend to bring my characters as low as as a lot of other writers do. I just can't bring myself. I love the juicy drama scenes, but still at the end of the day, I still like to like leave a little space at the bottom you know mm-hmm. especially since you know it's a it's a pg-13 rated show you know right. there might be younger listeners and also we've got a lot of really grim and gritty and dark and traumatic stuff media out in the world and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that you know i don't necessarily need to address that uh that part of our creative ecosystem i can sort of grab a niche a little bit uh, a little bit cheerier than that okay that's that's cool. That said, Kai has a pretty dang tragic backstory. Hashtag spoilers. So eh, sometimes I do kind of drop down there. Well, that's part of the roller coaster, right? Yep. Moving off of Major Machine, you have, um, and by the time this interview goes live, I believe your next seminar short will have aired. My next, I believe my first, in fact, seminar short. Yep. This is your first? I could have sworn you've done other ones. Yeah, I don't believe I have. I don't remember any. I've 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 submitted a, a script before, but it really wasn't in put outable format. Okay. 
but I think this is the first time I've actually been in seminar <laughs> and uh, what a debut. <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun episode. And I, so we can't say too much about it because, you know, spoilers, mm -hmm. but is the approach on shorts different? How did you tackle this compared to a long form series like Major Machine? <laughs> so short form stuff is not my strong point. Just like plotting is not my strong point. I have trouble coming up with a sort of contained storyline that fits in a small amount of space. I'm mm -hmm. a lot better at like characters who have evolving storylines that go on and on and on and on and on. Well, you are epic. Uh, I don't know if I'd say epic. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm like a cat who's got hold of a toy and just keeps nomming at it. But um, So doing a short form thing is hard uh, for me, mm -hmm. but the that particular seminar script i'm not sure if i can say the title in here because there's a bad word in it but well i think you can say the title <laughs> um but it was written kind of convulsively over the the over the span of a 24-hour period oh wow and if uh if the listeners listen to that episode and uh listen to the commentary you'll understand why because it deals with a it, it's sort of a an expression of a severe phobia that i have spent my life dealing with so it's kind of like i word vomited my neuroses out into the script and it ended up twice as long as the usual seminar script <laughs> so it takes up a whole episode to itself but um that was that was unusual for me and for a script and it actually required very little editing it actually that that initial 24-hour word vomit was like from starting the draft to the finalized form so did you find that to be therapeutic for you it, it was i think or at least it did make me chew on a lot of the uh, negative aspects of dealing with a phobia it did because i put a lot of stuff into the character of cal that are things that i've dealt with in my real life including you know talking down to myself, getting angry at myself, being frustrated beyond words at that, at, you know, not being able to control your brain like you think you should. So, you know, seeing, seeing that like spread out on paper kind of made me think about like, oh yeah, this is, this is a thing I live with. Thank, thankfully I have had some therapy and it has helped. And honestly, I kind of hope that if there's, if there's listeners out there who are kind of dealing with that sort of trauma or that sort of phobia that, you know, they see in that that, you know, it's okay to feel that way, but it's also okay to get help, you know? So would you say to people who are also dealing with stuff that writing a show is a way or just getting stuff down in a story form, even if they don't submit it or, or whatnot, as something positive and helpful? It, it definitely can be. Um, everyone... Everyone copes with stuff in different ways, and it's worth mm -hmm. trying different ways of coping to see what helps your brain the best. But yeah, definitely writing things out, whether it's a story of someone dealing with the same problem or a, a related problem or a story where, you know, everything is happiness and roses and the person doesn't have to deal with that problem at all. Like imagining a world where you don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. Any of that can be, you know, useful for for some people, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a thing where I've spent most of my life chewing on the subject, you mm -hmm. know, in the hopes that like, oh, if I learn all the science, then I won't be scared anymore. Nope, phobias don't work that way. Right. But um, so chewing on that 
kind of you know in a different way in a in a creative way instead of a scientific way i think mm. actually was a little more helpful because it let me it let me it let me see and address my behaviors and the thing the ways i react to it instead of the big physics things that i can't control right. i'm glad that was helpful for me. yeah let's let's see what other neuroses of mine i end up putting into scripts huh? <laughs> <laughs> so one more quick question mm. when you turn in your script for seminar you said you got it back with not a lot of edits is it the same kind of editing process with a seminar script as it is with the the longer form uh no major machine gets a lot more edits um in fact uh i is have it the another same kind of thing there's a lot more tweaks but also you know with with major machine we sort of have to keep an eye on like the longer ongoing storylines. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the short form, it's like, well, we need to make sure that this gets resolved here. We need to make sure we get it under this page count. We need to make sure that this is clear. We need to pare this part down. Whereas with Major Machine, I have a lot more leeway with the length of my episodes. And, you know, I have to keep the longer view in, in the picture. Okay. But I have, a, I have another script coming up for a seminar. It's a yeah. shorter one. And uh, <laughs> it, it took a lot more editing than than uh, the the one that's uh, that just came out last week or last week as of the time this comes out I think right. um, yeah <laughs> yeah so that the big phobia one uh, just word vomit and it, it was like bam done in twenty four hours the other one took some going over so a lot of revisions a lot of changes to the script mm -hmm. that one took more, a lot more time so it's it's kind of a a function both of the format and of the particular script okay. Are you working on anything outside of Pendant that you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than obsessively playing video games? Um, yeah, as far as creative stuff, I always have a lot of writing churning over and over in my head. But mm -hmm. I don't think any of like the big stories I've been working on lately are just mostly like trash candy bar stories in my head that are probably never going to see the light of day. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't know that I have any big creative endeavors that I can like, Hey, Hey, go see my thing. Do my Kickstarter. Go to my, go to my Patreon, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I don't really have any of that going on right now. <laughs> my, my creativity is mostly like taken up in video games and quilting and you know, the stuff I do for pendant. Awesome. Okay, cool. You do quite a bit now. So yeah, <laughs> now, that, now that she's back. Now that I'm back. Yes. Okay. With like an actual show and stuff. Yay! <laughs> it is now time for bullet questions. Okay. I will throw something out there. You just tell me the answer. Okay. Favorite Muppet? Animal. Favorite thing about Los Angeles? The weather. Favorite DC superhero? Oh, we all know the answer to that one. It's definitely Supergirl. Favorite Marvel superhero? Okay, that's harder. Is I can never remember if Namor the Submariner is Marvel or DC, but I think he's Marvel. I believe he is Marvel. And favorite Star Wars movie? Favorite Star Wars movie? Jeez, that's a toughie. I am going to say A New Hope. And favorite Star Trek movie? Equal time. That's got to be The Wrath of Khan. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that says about my psyche, but... <laughs> so, um, can people find you on social media? Uh, they can. I am Blinky on Twitter. I grabbed that handle early. B-L-I-N-K-I-E. 
So uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's where I spend most of my time as far as social media is just twittering it up. I tend to keep an eye on the the pendant Discord too. But okay, Twitter is like my Twitter is. I'm trying to cut down on the uh, angry political retweets, but s- stuffed in between those are you know pictures of my cats and mentions of like my writing and my quilting and occasionally a screenshot from a script that hasn't come out yet. In case oh. anyone's looking for hashtag spoilers. <laughs> Alrighty. Blinky, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been forever since we've gotten to do one of these. Yay! And so glad you're back. (laughs) I I gotta say, I I missed the sound of hearing my words coming out of other people's mouths. (laughs) Well, hopefully it won't be long between season one of Major Machine. Yeah, we we won't have a huge, huge long hiatus uh, planned. So we are... uh, We've got a good schedule set up, and I'm, I just got to, <laughs> I still got a bunch to write, but it's chugging. Definitely awesome. chugging. Very cool. People can find me on Twitter at JG underscore QA and on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash J O R D A N dot G O T T L I E B dot five zero three six. I never changed it. And <laughs> once again, thank you so much. Yay. And yay. And we will kick this back to Jeffrey and Susan. Hello. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. We just had a very funny exchange, but it happened off mic, unfortunately, even though we're recording. You know, We haven't learned to only be funny on mic. Well, you have to stop the recording so that if it goes on too long, you don't want it to go on too long and there's going to be a problem. It. You right. got to. You got to save. And so while I'm saving it and starting up the new file, then we keep talking and then funny things happen that yeah. you don't get to hear. And you just have to take our word for it, which now it just sounds like we're saying we're funnier it than we are. Totally and we're really not. So yeah. I'm going to shut up and you can do the thing. Coming out Wednesday, March 4th, Kingery, Season 10, Episode 10. Oh, wow. This is so cool. Next time on The Kingery. Shmoo, it is better if you leave, because we do not want you to get into trouble. Oh, man. Are you doing something bad? Yes. Yeah, we are. Um... Which is why you should go, and like you should never tell anyone that you saw us here, and we won't tell anyone we saw you here. And here comes the first competitor, Neon Blazer. You all ready to blaze it up? I know I am. Yeah! I would like to remind you that we were in the middle of something. Just ask me again, damn it. Will you marry me? Only at PendantAudio.com Course laid in and engaged. Coming out Wednesday, March 11th, Troilus and Cressida, Act 3, Part 2, The Pendant Shakespeare. Now, princes, for the service I have done you, the advantage of the time prompts me aloud to call for recompense. Appear it to your mind that through the sight I bear in things to love, I have abandoned Troy, left my possession, incurred a traitor's name, exposed myself from certain and possessed conveniences to doubtful fortunes, sequestering from me all that time, acquaintance, custom and condition made tame and most familiar to my nature. And here, to do you service, and become as new into the world, strange, 
unacquainted. I do beseech you, as in way of taste, to give me now a little benefit out of those many registered in promise, which you say live to come in my behalf. La la la, the show is almost done. That's it. That's your little snacky twip. You got it. Maybe it gave you the munchies. Go get a real snack because this will not sustain you. It won't. It's not enough. Let's be honest. Twip is not very nourishing. No, you need something else. Something meaty. Go through the catalog. You find something. Get a meat snack. The catalog? The whole catalog of pendant shows. Find something hearty to consume. (laughs) Okay. No? I don't know. I was th- I was thinking of like a real food thing and you were talking about shows. Yes. So, okay. Do her thing, not mine. Eat whenever. No, that's not important. Listen to stuff now. That's better. That's better. Do that. <laughs> and then you can stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pendant Audio, the Twitter at PendantWeb. Uh, We're on Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. You can look up Pendant Productions on YouTube, and you may also join us on Discord. Have a chat. You may. You may join us. We give you permission. Please do. Come on over. Link to that is right on the main page of PendantAudio.com. So hop in, have a chat, say hello. Yay. Tell us how snacky we are. That's just, wow. Okay. (laughs) This is Susan Bridges. (laughs) And Jeffrey Bridges, who did not yet say we'll see you back here next month. But thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. You jumped the gun. I did. Well, you were taking too long. (laughs) So you could go back and listen to other twips if this doesn't, you know, satisfy that twip-shaped hole. Yeah, I'm about to take a pressure washer to my nostrils. The theme to TWIP is Mr. Exposition by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0.